keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time, and today we continue to break down players in the draft. Another one that is big for the 49ers is cornerbacks, and that's what we're going to break down today. Horst, are you excited to talk about the DBs in this draft? Yeah. Well, all right. Defensive backs are soft. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually a huge, important position on the field. They're often one-on-one on an island over there, and the 49ers... Happen to have like none on their current roster at the moment. So, yeah, this is a pretty important position for them in the draft. Very important position in the draft. Extremely important that they find ways to address address the cornerback issue. Um, there's a lot of different ways they can go about it. There's a lot of guys that we're going to talk about today. Uh, we got quite the list of DBs for y'all. Yeah, I think that there is three guys in the first round that the 49ers could target at 12 or in a trade back scenario. All three of these guys can go there. Horace, what do you think about Caleb Farley? Would he make sense for the 49ers in round Yeah, I think Farley is the best corner in the draft. He's And he fits exactly the mold of what the 49ers like to do. He's tall, he's long, he's good in press coverage. I think he'd fit nicely into their cover three scheme. Um, to me, he's the only corner actually for sure worthy of being taken 12. But I don't know if he's going to last to 12. Uh, I, I would I say that's fair. I, I, I think that's fair too. I don't think he's going to be there at 12. I think someone is going to take him uh, for sure very early, a little bit earlier, maybe not very early, but I would say he's going to probably go in the top 10. And I don't think he's a guy that you would trade up for. No. But he's definitely a guy who's got a lot of skill at the position. He can do a lot of different things. Um, he he do, you don't have to have the, you don't have concerns with him with athleticism. He's a guy who played quarterback in high school, so you know he's a smart player, he's cerebral, he can move around. He was a dual threat kind of quarterback in high school, so he's got the athleticism. He can kind of do a lot of different things, and it just shows. I honestly, his versatility, going from quarterback to cornerback, that's a that's a big leap from high school to. He also college. played receiver. He did. So I mean, it, he can kind of do it all. Covers great. He's got the cerebral mind. He understands the game, coverages, where to be, where to look. Uh, and pretty good ball skills as well. Yeah, he's got an excellent skill set. I think that he's a good player. He's got good height and weight. Um, he's somebody that I think is a top-level corner in the league, you know, once he's drafted. Um, I think that some team is going to do well with him, so it's going to be nice. Hopefully, you know, the 49ers take a look at him and decide if he's the guy. I know a lot of guys, you know, a lot of the fans are deciding whether it's better for Farley or the next guy on the list, Patrick Sertan. I think Patrick Sertan is a good player with excellent skill set who has that legacy to go with them. So, I mean, he's a possibility for the 49ers also at 12. Horst, what do you think about Patrick Sertan? So, Patrick Sertan is it's kind of an early reminiscent situation of Antoine Winfield Jr. last year, although Winfield's a safety, is that he comes out, he's very solid technique-wise. He was a huge recruit coming out of high school, obviously a big name with a dad that you know was a Pro Bowl NFL player for like 12, 13 years. His dad played forever. Um, the only thing about Sertan that I will, and to me it's not too much of a negative, is I don't know how high his ceiling goes. Because 
I think he's gonna be a really good player, but I think he's between his family and going to University of Alabama, I think he's really, really coached up. So that's the only thing about him. But I think Sertan is also might be the surest guy of the group to be at least a solid NFL player because he he plays with great technique. He's very smart. He's aware of everything going around and played for a great coaching staff at Alabama. Yeah, I think the thing that's the that's the thing that probably bodes well, most well for Patrick Sertan is he's extremely well coached up already. He's very polished in most aspects of the game. He's a great man. He can play some zone. He can do a lot of different things. The only thing he doesn't have is elite speed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at, at the cornerback position, sometimes your ability to understand and be able to predict what a team's doing, a route, what, what kind of routes they run on certain downs, when they line up in certain packages, formations, where he sets up on the field, you can kind of... If you're a smart enough corner, you can figure out where most likely he's going to finish his routes on the field, and you can make up for the fact that you don't have the elite speed because no matter what, receivers come out and they have breaks, they have timing, things that they want to do with their route combinations, and if you know when this guy is two yards inside the hash mark, most of the time he runs an out-breaking route, whether it's a corner or a deep out, you can put yourself and set yourself up in positions where you don't need the speed to cover the route because you're already predicting and guessing what the route is going to be before he even runs it. Yeah, I think that that's the thing that's helping with these guys that are kind of legacy players is that they've learned from their dads, they've learned from good coaches, so it gives them an, an edge. And you don't have to have elite speed to be a great corner in the right. NFL. I think Richard Sherman is a perfect example of that. This guy does struggle on you know pass routes that go deep when he has somebody with elite speed. He struggled a little bit against Florida in that SEC championship game. But I think he's got a lot of talent and I think he's a, a surefire, you know, potential pro bowler. So he's somebody that definitely at 12, I would be interested in, especially in a trade back. If he, you know, you're trading back a few spots there in that 15 to 16 range, he would be somebody that you're, you're gonna take a shot at. But I think he has good hands. He's very physical when he plays. And I like the way he does have good route recognition. He's able to, you know, dis- decipher what the offense is doing and then play against it so he's somebody that definitely makes sense because i think he's more of a start right away guy than some of the other guys that are developmental as we go through the draft so he's a guy that we can get going now as far as the next guy goes in the in the first round probably the the third guy and a lot of guys a lot of 49er fans are real hot on this guy is horse jc horn what do you think about jc horn from south carolina the 49ers have been going must champ players for a long time in fact this guy loved Muschamp so much. As soon as Muschamp got fired, he opted out. What do you think about uh, J.C. Horn being a option for the 49ers, especially if they trade back to that 18-19 range? I like J.C. Horn a lot. Um, I disagree that he's better than Caleb Farley. I know a lot of people have been saying that. Um, but I do think that the dif- dis- difference between him and Sertan is not very much as people think like where i draft them to me both those guys are guys i would draft in the early 20s and if that means you can't get to sertan but can still get horn if you were to trade back i would take that in a heartbeat um i think horn's a supremely gifted player seems like all the defensive and offensive guys that come there out of Mushamp's program are tough physical guys that you know play the game physically he's not afraid to tackle he does need more coaching than Sertan he probably needs a little more um, technique work and you know but that's kind of like we talked about with Sertan's dad being a corner I know Horn's dad played in the NFL as well but he was a wide receiver 
with Sertan Zad being a corner, it's kind of something he grew up doing. So I think JC Horn's got a really high ceiling, and I think he'll be a really good player for a long time. I, I would take him in the first round. I don't know if I would take JC Horn in the first round per se. I, I feel like he does have a little more, he has some more weaknesses in coverage than a guy like Patrick Sertan has. Um, he does tackle very, very well. Um, he's got the NFL pedigree too, so you don't near, you don't really worry as much about the athleticism with him. Recovery isn't as big of an issue, um, but he isn't as reliable in coverage sometimes as he should be. Sometimes he makes some mistakes here and there. I, I just think JC Horn, while I do like him, I'm not as high on him as I was a few weeks ago as I watch film. I don't feel at 20 because I do feel like Horse said he has some technique issues that he has to clean up, some footwork stuff he's got to clean up. Um, he doesn't move as fluidly as some of these other two guys up in the top or as some of the guys behind them, uh, but they have concerns in terms of just physicalness and some of the things that Horn doesn't have. I'm curious to see what he ends up running in his 40. You know, I think that if he runs anything in the 4-4, this guy's going to maybe elevate himself just above the other, you know, the other guys. I'm not sure, but I, I think that he is a good player. He's kind of rising on my board as he's going down on yours. He's kind of rising. I like some of the physical traits that he has. And I think that some of the rawness is just us looking at potential. He, he has the potential to be to actually grow beyond the other two guys. Um, as, as a player, I kind of like him. I like his aggressiveness. I like his physical style. You're going to need one of these type of players. So that's why these three guys make the most sense in the first round for the 49ers because you've, you're going against DK Metcalf. You know, you're going against that big wide receiver and you need somebody that can play against him. We saw when Akilah Witherspoon, Witherspoon stepped up physically against DK Metcalf at the end of the year. He played tremendously well. This guy's a lot stronger than Akilah Witherspoon, but you definitely need somebody like that. One of these guys would make sense in the first round if they decide to go corner. And then after that, there's a lot of options, though, in the rest of the draft for the 49ers. And there's another legacy guy that's going to be at the end of the first round or in the second round True. is, of course, Asante Samuel. What are your feelings about Asante Samuel Jr.? Um, I'm actually a big fan. I, I think Asante Samuel Jr., because people have him all over the board. Some people have him in the first round. Some people have him in the third round. Um, I think Asante Samuel is actually really similar to Sertan, maybe a step below that as a prospect, but he played on a terrible Florida State team. Whoa. Sorry, sorry, bud, but the last couple Florida State teams have been two of their worst teams ever. Um, <laughs> so I think it, that really hurts him playing on that team, and I think he's a similar guy to Sertan. Like I said, he plays with great technique. He's very smart. He's aware of what's going on around him. He's he can he sees routes coming. He's good at jumping them. And I at that if they don't take a corner first round at that 12 pick in the second round, if Asante Samuel Jr. is sitting there, I would really think about taking. Him. Absolutely. Um, he just man, he, it's almost like he's built on what his, his father was. I mean, he looks like he's a better tackler than his dad was at this point of his, his career. He, the ability to recognize defenses, the ability to break on balls, uh, the way he plays and such smoothness. I, I really do like a lot of the things that he does. And I think he does get a big, big bad rap from that Florida State defense. I think they look at what that team did. They look at him and they sorry, go, man. I'm sorry. I mean, I, and I hate to, I hate to do that no, to your boys. 
but as a Florida Gator fan, also, I mean, they're, they're, you know, if that if that happens with. Oh, I think worse than Florida State defense is Florida's quarterback or their cornerback throwing a shoe. But you know, that's besides the point. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get honestly, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, but no, Asante Samuel Jr. I I think he's probably one of the more undervalued guys, and that's only because people have him all over the place. There's some places that have him going super late, fourth, fifth round. There's some places that have him in the top three or four. I don't think people know where to value him because you look at his tape and he looks better than the defense played. And then there's times you look at the tape and you're like, okay, well, he makes some mistakes here and he makes some mistakes here. But as a young guy, he was an all-SEC guy as a freshman. I mean, he, he's got this, the ceiling is there. One thing I know about him is he's gritty. I think that's the word that kind of describes him the best. And he is a player that um, I think he makes sense for teams that are looking for a nickel guy. And I think that's why he's falling on some people's boards as far as, you know, what people are ranking him because they're seeing him pigeonholed as a nickel guy. And I think that is what he ultimately plays in the NFL and is becomes an elite one. But playing on the outside, just with the size that he is right now, he's small, you know, he doesn't have the weight behind him. So I think those are going to be things that kind of push him into the second round where I think he's ultimately going to go is the early part of the second round. I don't think the 49ers will have an option to take him, but if they could, this would be a good option to replace, you know, Kwon Williams. Man, I was just about to say that. Yeah, that would be really nice. You know, he, he could plug and play. You could put him in there. He would be a nice guy that they could build with for the next, you know, four years and then see where it goes because he's smart. And you can't, you really can't teach some of the things like that, the natural instincts of where to be at what time. There are just certain things. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these legacy players up the board because, you know, the natural football instincts, being football smart is something that's important. And I think this guy could make sense for them in the second round, but definitely not in the first round. The second round is definitely a possibility. And anyone that thinks he's going to go later than that, what are you watching? I watched a lot of film. I've watched this guy, you know, over the years. He's a big time player. And he's gotten better every year. And yeah. man, that Quan Williams, that is, I think that's a dead comparison for him. Yeah. And I mean it as a compliment. And he's actually bigger than K1 Williams. Because everyone knows how highly I think of Quan Williams. Yeah. So, so don't do this man dirty. Madden, don't do it. Yeah, don't give him that 75, Madden. No, his name will not get him a 75. Well, I'll actually Madden. probably get like an 84 to start. Like, oh, his dad was good. Yeah. We'll get a platinum car. Right? <laughs> probably. Uh, up next, guys, a guy that, that Ant, you had talked about a little bit. You've been watching a lot of film on this yeah. guy, Mr. Newsom. Uh, how are we feeling about the Northwestern cornerback? I like him. You know, I really do. I think that out of a, the corners, this guy actually has some of the best technique you're going to see. The way that he sets up and plays, he's always in the right spots. He takes good angles on the on balls. So he does a good job. And I think that he's a player that, you know, the 49ers could definitely get in the second round. I think he's a second round talent. So that's why he makes sense because that, you know, pick we got in the 40s is going to be right there. He'll be able to move, maneuver around and take a guy. But he's got good size, so they're able to use him, you know, on the outside. He doesn't have to play inside because that's what we're talking about with Asante Samuel. You worry about him playing in the 49er scheme, the cover three, playing on the outside. You know, this guy, you don't have to worry about that. 6'1", 190 pounds. He'll put more weight onto this frame. He'll probably be 200 pounds by the time the NFL season starts, which is nice. He makes tackles, and I just like the way he sets up. He's got good footwork and all that. Plus, he went to Northwestern. If you go to Northwestern, you got to be smart. So, yep, use that Big mind. Brain. Big brain. Yeah. So, Horace, what are you thinking about Newsom? Newsom, as soon as you said that if you're talking the second pick, definitely. I yeah. agree with you. Um, My only worry with Newsom after watching some film was that I, I'm, I wish there was a combine for a guy like 
because I'm curious where you test on like explosivity and speed and stuff and agility. But all the other stuff, you're right. His technique is good. He's around the ball. He's smart. Um, but the only thing that would worry me is him being a little a step too slow. Or, but I think he can overcome that with his great technique. But yeah, I definitely think as a second round prospect, solid player. I like him a lot. I'm not as worried about his uh, ability to explode out of breaks. I felt like on film that when he when he's stuck and planted in space, um, when a guy he's going a direction and he gets wrong or opens up, that he does a great job of recovering. He's able to move quickly on routes. When guys try and double try and pull double moves on him, he gets he puts that foot in the ground quick and changes directions and explodes out into the route and at the ball. Um, I'm not as worried about that with him. I, I think for him, it's just more of the, the, like Horse said and mentioned, potentially the speed aspect, the, the deep routes, the deep ball. Yeah, the um, long area speed. But but that's about it. I really like what he possibly could develop into. The question with him is just what is his ceiling? Because if the, if he's if he is as good as he's ever going to be right now, but if he's near his what his ceiling w would be, you know there's just not a whole lot of room for growth and eventually at some point you're going to start to taper off if you're already near what your peak is going to be but I, I don't think there's enough out there on him i don't think he's had enough game reps to know whether or not he's close to a ceiling or not so i think it's just a concern that would be unfounded to yeah. be honest with you um i like a lot of the things that he does on on film i just started watching film on him recently and we watched a little bit today before we came in here to record and i, I can tell you what every time i watch film of him i like him just a little bit more yeah, he, he's a talented player, and I think that he, somebody's going to get themselves a nice pick. And I don't think his ceiling, I don't think he's reached his ceiling. I think his ceiling is still to come. I think he's only getting better. And I think that's what we're going to find with a lot of these guys is that there's potential, potential, potential. And one guy that has a lot of potential, but teams are kind of wavering on whether he's a slot corner, a nickel corner, or if he's a safety, is Elijah Molden. Alex, what do you think about Elijah Molden? intelligence 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 mm -hmm. film study intelligence yep. the guy does all of it i mean he you can tell when you watch his film that he know he is where not only where he's supposed to be but he's almost at times on film that there's times where he's intentionally dropping back into coverage when he has flats responsibility because he wants that quarterback to put the dump the ball down in space because he's ready for it yep he knows what you're doing before you're doing it and then gets you to do the thing he wants you to do so he can capitalize and it shows on film uh he knows exactly where he's supposed to be you put it on the slide nickel he'd be a perfect fit in our nickel package he he can play in the slide i i, I don't think He's going to be very limited in what you can do with him and where you can play him. His intelligence and understanding of the game is next level. And I think that bodes well for him in the NFL. Even if it's not in San Francisco, wherever he goes, this guy could break out. What do you think, Horst? Um, Molden, I think, is a very top-level nickel um, prospect. He's I, I don't know that I trust him on the outside as or see like star caliber corner on the outside but i agree with all you guys said he's super smart he's he's um great technique effort all that kind of stuff that you want to see um, i think he's a little limited by size um and physicality i think that uh, though as a nickel corner he's i think he'd be a really good player now just it depends what round you value a good nickel corner at where you see him i wouldn't even even at that second pick i wouldn't hate him 
Yeah. You know, because the Niners, unless they're, because I'd say bringing back Quan right now is a long shot, or K1. Yeah. Right now is a long shot, and they need one. So I, th- and it's an important position in today's NFL. So I don't want people to take me labeling someone a nickel corner as a shot because it, every team needs one. Well, I mean, we talk a lot about the linebackers playing, you know, only the Sam linebacker only playing 20% or 25% of snaps. That means you have a nickel corner on the field the rest of the time. That's why it's so valuable in today's NFL. I think this guy translates perfectly. Watching him set up on film, the way that he, you know, just uh, scours the offense and finds exactly what's going to happen. A lot of times he knows what routes are coming before they actually come. Route recognition is at 100 for him. And I like this guy a lot. To me, he reminds me of a guy like Tyron Matthew that can play in the slot and then eventually translate to a free safety. I think that's what I see his uh, career trajectory being in the NFL. So this is a guy I would 100% love to take if for some reason we were able to get him in the you know late second round, early third round, that would be fantastic. The 49ers would have to make a trade to go get him, but I would 100% get him because you cannot teach the just the skill set as far as knowing where to be at every single moment. Some guys are just film rats. This guy is one of those guys, and it's going to show in the NFL. I don't care if he's fast. I don't care if he's big. He's in the right place, and as long as you're in the right place, you can make big-time plays in the NFL. Big-time players make big-time plays. Big-time games. games. Uh, Next guy on the list, Ifatu Melifon Wu. Mm -hmm. Struggled with that one for quite some time. Junior cornerback out of Syracuse, guys. Ant, we'll start with you. How you feeling on them? Like him. I think that he's big, he's strong, he's fast, you know, he's rangy. I like the the 6'3. You know, he's almost six foot four. Yeah. 213 pounds. So he's got the right size. He'll probably put a little bit more size onto his frame. You know, you're talking to 220, 225 pound cornerback. This is what you kind of the exact same thing you were looking at with a killer witherspoon, except he has the size. But he's the he's rangy just like that. I think he could improve his physicality a little bit, but I do think he was more physical than uh, Akilah Witherspoon. So I like this guy. I think he could play very good in his own scheme, but he also has some press man skills. So he would fit nice with the 49ers, especially with them kind of tailoring their defense to go back and forth between press man and cover three. He would be a nice pickup for them in in the second round, possibly third round, depending on where he falls, because he's a good corner. Uh, if you guys saw me laughing, it's because I was literally going to say, think of a more polished, more physical Akilah Witherspoon when I was describing him. It is um, the same number. It is. I, I like him a lot. Like you said, third round, I like him a lot. He's big, he's strong, he fits their scheme. And and except unlike Akilah Witherspoon, he, he's gotten better at it, but he comes out as a good tackler. Yeah, uh, he, he, the the size for him and the strength is not a concern. He he definitely checks all of those boxes. Um, he just doesn't check some of the man coverage boxes. And the, and the Niners, you know, it, right now you with Sala, you're kind of set into that cover three scheme with a new D coordinator. With the promotion for D'Amico Ryan's, uh, you don't know if they're going to stick with that solid, you know, wide nine cover three kind of kind of look, or if they're going to try and mix up a little bit more things. If you bring in a guy like Malafonu. Melifon Wu, excuse me, uh, you're not going to get as much of the confidence with him as a man-to-man guy. He does have some man-to-man press skills. He gets physical in space. He's not a soft or finesse guy by any means, Uh, but he's not the most polished guy in terms of technique against 
a guy in space when he has to play man. He's great in zone. There's a lot of clips and highlights of him where he's covering a route in zone. He, he understands the play recognition. He knows the other routes going on around him. And he jumps off a route and gets a pick or tips a ball and creates something for a teammate. So he is wonderful in zone coverage. He has some concerns and issues in man's. That limits him, and that's why he drops down some boards. But in that third round, he's great value there. And I, I think it's interesting that the 49ers actually have his brother you know, on the roster right now playing. He's going to be a safety, at least through training camp. But he had second-round potential. I think that's where this guy is, a late second, early third. Next on the list is Tyson Campbell. Horst, this is the guy opposite of the super fast guy. <laughs> he's really fast. He's so fast, he's flying up boards at a record pace. Yeah. Now, this guy is got good size, good speed. Horst, what do you think about Tyson Campbell compared to the guy that's taking all the juice right now? Um, take this with a grain of salt because I have not watched the most film on this guy. How wait, how much salt though? You said a grain. Like a couple drop ones. Okay, a couple drop Iodized ones. Iodized or sea. Um actually I want to say sea salt, like the pink sea salt. Oh know. the Himalayan salt. Yes. Oh, okay. Impressive. So to me he's really athletic, but he's nowhere near where he needs to be. Uh, to play in an NFL game right now. I think if he gets picked by the right team, right coaching staff, he could be turned into a player. But I think if you're talking at the moment, because he was one of those guys, one of the vid videos I watched was Denver's Bama, and uh, he looked confused out there by their route scheme. That's my take on it. I have not sat there and watched, you know, hours of film on the guy. I've only watched some, but that was my take on him. I think that he, it's hard with him and Stokes because Stokes, for me, Stokes has the, 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 the elite speed, obviously. Everyone just saw the 40 time that he just ran. Campbell doesn't have that level of speed. He's a little bit on the taller side in, in regards to Oaks, Stokes about an inch or so taller. Um, I don't have as many concerns about his athleticism. I think he, he is fairly athletic. I worry about some of the physicality with him, um, the size concerns. He's not, he doesn't weigh the most. He can definitely add some size and frame on him, but he's already a junior. Uh, he hasn't really size-wise. He hasn't added a whole lot of weight in his time at Georgia. I feel it's a little bit more of a risky play because there's some places that are having him move up boards, Tyson, excuse me, up boards into like the second round, late second, early third. And I, feel, I view him more as a late third, kind of closer getting to that fourth round sort of guy. I have Stokes going a little bit higher than him. I, I think Stokes has, and that's only specifically because of the speed that he plays with. Um, but he's he is a greedy kind of guy as well, and he really, really goes after the ball. He knows how to get down in space. He does pretty good against the run as well. Yeah, you know, I'm going to compare both of these guys against each other because they played opposite, and I think that they're both good players. They're pretty much the same size, like you said. And the fact that Stokes is flying up boards because he's so fast is crazy to me because I believe Tyson Campbell's actually the better player. He's in the right spots more. He's always finds the right places to be. Also true. I think that a lot of times we get enamored with speed and we allow people to go up the boards. Um, I'm not enamored with the speed as much. I enjoy speed. You got that way. If you make a mistake, you can make up for it. But I'm more, uh, especially with the corner, I'm more worried about you know the, the close area quickness. You know things that you have to do in the short area to make sure you can close on footballs and stuff like that. I think both of these guys are solid NFL prospects, especially in rounds two or three. I think that's where both of them should go. But more than likely, Stokes is going to go higher because of the speed. 
Um, I mean, if Al Davis was alive, this would definitely be a Raiders pick. But um, <laughs> and probably in the first round too. It but probably, something crazy. I, I think that both of them are good players, and they find the ball and they make plays. That's one thing that a lot of the corners, you, some of these guys just don't have ball skills. These guys both do. They, whenever the ball is there, they'll make a play on it, and then they can both take it to the house. But I like the way that they've played and flowed with the defense and are able to be in the right spaces at the right time. I think both of them would be an option for the 49ers if they're there with the compensatory pick. I think Campbell could be. I don't think that uh, Stokes will be. So, at this where, point. where is the compensatory pick? At the end of round three. Yeah. Um, the one thing I was going to say is, it, I mean, how often do corners run 40 yards in a straight line? Yeah. I mean, never. Uh, I mean, other than the vertical. But they start out backpedaling, so right. that's more important. I mean, right. I mean, it, the 40 time can be overrated. It's like, it's just the makeup speed. Correct. And I think that's the, I think that's part of it too. And part of the reason why Stokes is who's the next guy we're going to talk yeah. about. Why Stokes is going higher, I think, than Campbell too. Isn't just the speed. I where now we, where he's flying up above Campbell. It's some of the health stuff with Campbell because he's had some Nixon bumps and missed some games. And it, at this point, you're nitpicking because it hasn't missed like an abundance of games, but he's missed enough that it's noticeable. And now people are like, well, maybe that's something to worry about. And Stokes didn't miss as many games, and also he runs like really stupid fast. So well, he does like, blitz off the corner and kill quarterbacks. Yeah, he does do he that. Does do that. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why it, people look at Stokes and view the upside, the potential with the speed. The, the ball skills, while he didn't record an interception in college, Stokes did, he does go up and play the ball very, very well. Um, he's very aggressive as a tackler in space, but so is Campbell. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really hard with these guys. This is why, for me, Stokes is probably not the guy that you can get because he's going to go earlier yeah. and why Campbell fits in better. Is They're very similar in terms of size and skill set. Um, I would say that I, I feel Campbell's slightly more polished than Stokes maybe in coverage, um, but Stokes can make up for not being as polished because he's really fast. And like, I think that's the problem, right? People are equating that he's that fast that he'll be able to stop like Tyree Kill. Like that's, that's the first the, thing they the start thinking thing, is like, yeah. oh, he'll be able to stop the fastest guys in the league. And shut down corner, shut down corner, shut down corner. He can keep up with all of them. That means nothing. I think the thing with Stokes is he. What's unfortunate for it's also unfortunate for him that he ran that forty as far as career trajectory. Now, obviously, you get paid more the higher you're drafted, so in that regard, it's good for him. The unfortunate thing for him is that now he's going to get drafted late first, early second, and that's the spot where people expect you to come in and be a player. Right now. Um, and I don't think Eric Stokes is a player right now. I think Eric Stokes is more of a developmental guy mm -hmm. that had he not run that 40 was a third to fourth round pick. And I think he's a guy that has a lot of talent and could be turned into a good player. But I fear for him that he's going to, you know, get thrown to the wolves out there because of how, where he gets drafted. And the fan, and he's going to get burnt a few times. And the fans, wherever he's at, are going to crap on him. Like, that's what I fear is going to happen to him. I hope not. I mean, I'm not a hater. I don't want to see guys, you know, fail. You but never, you that's, I've, you've seen it for years with different guys that run these crazy 40s offense, defense, whether it's Darius Hayward Bay or um, Fabian Washington, the corner from the Raiders, if you remember. That's kind of what happened to him mm -hmm. was he got drafted higher than he should have been. I found, I found it funny that we just listed two, two guys Raiders. the Raiders. <laughs> well, <laughs> took um, away if you want me to get better, Philip Buchanan. Oh, there you go. Um, what a nice guy. 
you know, and they get drafted higher than they should, mm-hmm. don't perform to that draft status right away, and people crap all over them. And... So you mean to tell me that if Justin Fields runs like a 4-3 or something like that, that the Raiders are going to trade up and take him? Not right anymore. Now? Dude's dead. No, that's... Yeah. Rest in peace, sir. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, up next on the board, Aaron Robinson. I haven't watched as much film on this guy, so I'm not He's going feisty. to... I'm not going to give a lot of... <laughs> feedback here i'm gonna let you two handle this mr robinson how you guys feeling i like robinson i think like it says on the you know it's a really close really close to a great last name in robertson you know? yeah it is close on the slide you know it says press man and i think that's the thing is he becomes an option for the 49ers if they're looking to expand the press man coverage absolutely you know if, if they're going to sit into the zone like they were you know at the first part of Sala's tenure there then this isn't the guy for them but if they're looking for somebody that is going to be able to play press man and play opposite of Jason Brett, and you're going to want to change things up a lot, then he makes a lot of sense for them because he can do that. He's very skilled. I think he's underrated because of where he went to, went to college, and I think that people will take uh, a look at his... But, but they're the best team in the country. Yeah, they won a national championship. Um, I think that you know people will look at his skill set, though, and be like, you know what, this guy's pretty talented. He's got good technique. He's always seems to find the right place to be, which I like. I think that he's a third round pick. I, I, that's where I think he's going to land. And I think he'll be a good player for somebody. And I think maybe even a steal eventually. Like people will be like, wow, this was a great pick. But only if he gets in the right system. I don't know if that's San Francisco. It depends on their philosophy. Uh, Aaron Robinson was actually Alabama player for his first couple of years. Decided to transfer and go win a national championship at UCF. Smart move. Incredible. You know. Um, Who would have thunk it? But, you know, when he was real buried on the depth chart at Bama, understandable because they have great players there. Um, Surprise. Went over to UCF, almost instantly became their best corner. And he's, like you said, I actually like him a lot because, like I was talking about, he's feisty, he's tough, he's, Mm -hmm. you know, one of those guys. He reminds me a lot of um, Nikel Roby Coleman. You know, that didn't pass interfere against the Saints. Yep. Um... Now, Nikel Roby Coleman, I've watched so much of him because he was a USC guy. But um, he reminds me a lot of him coming out of college, watching his tape. Middle round guy. He's never going to be the best corner on your team. But he's a solid guy to have on your team. Um, but like you said, he's, he's a scheme fit guy. I don't see him fitting on the Niners. I'm a little more blunt than the way you put it. Unless they totally change their scheme, like you said. But like what, said with the what the answer. Niners ran last year, I don't see them fitting on the Niners. Right. Fair enough. Next guy, cornerback out of Minnesota. And you're a big fan of Mr. Ben Hameen, St. Juice. I do oh, like him. Looking. I do like him. That's called a, that's called a stance horse. Yeah. yeah. Looks like he has bad posture. No, I he mean, has... Who cares about shoulders? Posture? Look a little rounded forward, but for the most part, it looks, looks you, you solid. You know what that actually is? That's called being relaxed. Looks like he has really He's long relaxed. arms. Though. He does have really long arms, and that's why the slide says "very long horse." Um, I I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about arms. He's a uh, he's six three, two hundred uh-huh. pounds. He plays with his length, like he really does use it to the best of you know the best he can. He takes full advantage of it. I think that he's a great player that looks a lot like the guys we talked about in the first round especially you know the jc horn and the patrick sertan he's built like that and he plays like them just not to the level that they play right now but there's a lot of potential there and i think that his short area quickness is good enough to make plays in the nfl and i think he'd be a solid pick in the third round i think that the 49ers if they could get him in the third round this might be an option 
If you don't go corners in round one and two, getting this guy in the third round, he you could plug him right in and he could go ahead and play. I think in a couple of years, we'd be talking about him being, you know, one of those guys that's making an impact on the team. And as long as the pass rush is back, this guy will flourish in that 49er system. Yeah, I, I think he's a really high ceiling guy. Um, he's He's got all the attributes you look for in the defense they run. Um, I don't think he's developed yet. And I hate to keep going back to the same guy, but he's a lot. Kind of reminds me of a more aggressive Witherspoon, like I said again earlier, but it, when he was at Colorado. Um, he would be a great pick in third, fourth round in there, but not above that. He ain't making it to the fourth round, Horst. You don't He's think making so? it to the ninth. He ain't making it to the fourth round. He's going somewhere early three to mid three. I think it's I think it's late two, early three. That's where I think he's going to go. But I say third round. Do you? I can real quick. Do you think late two is too early for him? Late two. If you were personally making the pick, yeah, is that too early for him? No. I think he's that. I think he's that kind of talent. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think that the Fair reason enough. the reason is is there's guys that are going to go ahead of him that are different type of role. But mm-hmm. you're looking at a guy that has the size and and speed and length that you're looking for to play that cover three scheme. So it just makes sense for them. And if you're going to replace a killer Witherspoon, you replace him with this guy. Yeah, yeah he's definitely a perfect scheme. I don't player. think he has some of the. He, he's got some speed concerns, obviously, but like you talked about the short area quickness, he does make up for it in, in that sense. He gets in and out of breaks quick. He can jump routes fairly quick. Um, he's fairly good play recognition too for yeah. for a guy his size. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to stick in the cover three kind of scheme, he fits every. He checks every box. He's physical. Uh, he goes up and goes up goes up and plays the ball. He tracks the ball very well as well. Um, the length, obviously, at six three, you're gonna yeah. have long arms. You're gonna be a longer person, lengthy. And he's not one of those guys who's six three who plays like he's five eleven or you know six feet tall. He's a six three guy who looks like and feels like he plays at like six five six six. He he looks big out there. Uh, like him a lot. I don't like him as much as another big corner that we're gonna talk about here in a little bit. But he fits everything that you're looking for in a cover three wide nine cornerback. And the 49ers, if you're sticking that route, you got to take a look at Mr. St. Juice. Yeah. Next, guys, from the Ohio State University, a guy that's kind of all over some boards, too, because there's some places that have this guy listed as the best cornerback in the draft. Mm-hmm. Sean Wade. I think we let Horse talk about him first because this is Horse's favorite guy, cornerback in the draft. Huge fan. He's accomplished something that no one else ever did two years in a row. The MVP of a BCS game for two different teams. Once for LSU, once for Alabama. Um, I'm not a fan, but to be honest, I uh, the only thing I've watched is those two big games he played in. <laughs> he got torched. So I haven't watched as much film on him as these guys because every time I, his came up, I was just like, man, I don't like this guy and didn't watch it. So um, I'm sure he's played better games than the ones I've seen him because... He's ranked at least a third-round pick on everyone's board. So I'm sure he's had his good days. But, man, did he pick the wrong days to have his bad ones. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things that people talked about is that he's rarely out of position. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you literally caught him in those worst of, worst of his worst games because very rarely does he make big He's still chasing Devontae Smith. Uh, I'm aware of that. There's a reason Devontae Smith won a Heisman Trophy, though. Also, mm-hmm. He's pretty talented on a really good team. Um, I think he has a lot of upside, though. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he's pretty underrated because last year, in 2020, if he had just come out, he would have been one of the top 
50 players, maybe 100 players in the draft. Right. Um, he was ranked fairly high. Uh, he did sure. not have a great 2020, but 2020 weird. college football season is just weird in general. And so I don't think you can judge him a whole lot on that. He had 14 deflections in his career. He had four interceptions. He has great ball skills, great play recognition. Um, I, I think he gets a little bit of a knock because of his junior campaign this year and, and just the way it ended. It's just a sour note. It doesn't look great. I think if you'd get if he had been a senior and you'd give him a chance in the senior bowl, I think all doubts on him would have been erased completely because he's a very intelligent player. I really don't care what happened in those national championship games. I watched the film and I seen how he plays and he's in the right spots. He has flexibility to play inside and outside, which is something you can't say a lot of, about a lot of these guys. I mean, we we're just talking about St. Juice and he can play on the outside, but he can't play on the inside. So you got Sean Wade that is able to do that and play at a high level. He's a very talented guy and he's able to, you know, play press man. He's able to play zone. So there's a lot of flexibility with this guy. And that's what I like is I like flexibility, especially when you're not sure on what coverages you're going to be running or you want flexibility to run different coverages. We're talking about replacing K1 Williams. He could do it. We're talking about replacing somebody on the opposite side of Jason Brett. He can do it. I think this guy reminds me of Jason Verrett, not as far as talent, but as far as the way he plays. I think that he has a room to grow and could get better. But in the third round, this guy is a home run hitter for that type of talent. This guy should really be at the top of the second round, but he's not going to be because of some of the questions like Horse was talking about. And I think that that's why that this draft is kind of a crapshoot, especially with guys who didn't play or played on limited amount of reps because of how COVID was. This is going to be an interesting draft, but somebody's going to hit home runs on some of these guys. I think this guy might be one of them because I think he has a ton of upside. And a coach that I trust a lot when I watch cornerbacks with looked at this guy and told me so far he's the favorite corner that he's watched in the draft. There, is, one, there are some sites that have him as yep. number one. One question for you about him, because in all seriousness, guys, I really haven't watched film on him outside those two right. games. So obviously I got a bad impression of him. So... Um, what what makes him good like what what happened in those games like why well number one he's not going to get a lot of safety help in those kind of games okay right. num number one against alabama they're 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 trying to stop Najee harris everything is about him so they're putting this guy on an island against one of the best receivers that there is in college in the football. history of college football, we're talking right? about a great team. one and this guy's expected to play him man up the entire okay. time and and for as long as he do right. I'm we're not talking like you got to stick with him for three or four seconds we're talking five six seven yeah. seconds because of how much time mac jones had and play. ohio state's coverage is not very complicated like as far as to decipher so mac jones is back there picking apart as far as against lsu think of all who he was going against there justin jefferson Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. Like these guys are junior team as well. All these guys are, you know, first round talent. Some of them top 10 talent. I think we're looking at it and we're like, okay, that, that's when he's going against like not just NFL talent, but the best NFL talent. Yeah. I'll have to, I mean, I'll have to watch more video on him before I come up with a for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it's fine. I, I had heard what you had said about him before. Oh, you knew I was. And I was leery that. about watching, <laughs> you know, watching too much. But when I got into it, I'll be honest, he jumped off the screen to me in a different way than I was I was thinking he was going to. And he actually became one of my favorite corners. Whenever I do a mock draft, I almost always draft this guy. So before you watched film, did you think the same thing I did? No, I'd be honest, I had no opinion on him before I watched only what you had said. I, to be honest with you, too, I think the thing I like most about him is there's a few guys I will say this about in the draft, and he's one of them. His ability to change direction on, on routes when they break, when a guy makes a double move, his hips. 
He gets his hips around and he gets out of his brakes, puts his foot in the ground and goes. There's not a lot of fault steps. He doesn't really stutter. Once he knows what you're doing, he can get his body to do exactly what he wants. Put the foot in the ground, get out in space, get out in the route. If he knows it's a slant, he'll try and get over the top of it or undercut it. If it's a post over the middle, he gets over the top if he's beat and recovers. I, I like a lot of things he does. I think he gets a bad rap for COVID season. So He is definitely a hitter. I remember him yeah. getting ejected oh, yeah. he, he's for physical. whacking uh, Trevor Lawrence. Very physical. Good stuff. Uh, thanks, COVID. Way to, way to ruin it for somebody. <laughs> Up next, after Mr. Sean Wade, we got Kelvin Joseph, cornerback out of Kentucky. Watch some more film with him of him with you guys today. Yep. I like a lot of the stuff this guy does. Yeah, he's a good player. I think he's got a lot of talent, and I, I think he's more of a developmental guy. I really do. But I think he has, you know, the ability to be somebody that's a good starter in the NFL, somebody that you can count on, someone that's solid. Um, it all depends on how he can develop his talent. He'll be able to, you know, get out there and play on the outside and be able to guard in the zone. He has good recognition of what's going on. You know, he's able to um, sink well. He does exactly what you want a cornerback to do. He looks fluid in his back pedal. The question is, is this guy going to be, you know, is this guy a third or fourth round guy? I think a lot of people are going to draft this guy on pure projection because you see the talent, but you don't know exactly what it's going to translate. But I like him overall. I think he's a good player. Somebody that I think the 49ers, once again, that compensatory pick, this would be an option for them in that area because of the size, speed, weight, talent. I just think they'll have to know that this guy's more developmental than the other guys that we've talked about. Yeah, um, I j literally just barely watched a video of him in the last two days. Um, you, you guys sent me the list of who we we're going to talk about. I watched some clips of him, then we watched some more clips of him this afternoon. Um, he jumps off the screen athletically like he's... He's got a lot of talent. Um, he's a one, another one of those guys I fear is going to get drafted higher than he should because of his physical abilities rather than the way he plays. And like you said, if you're talking late third, early fourth, for a as a sit for a year or two, you know, and learn the professional game, I think he could become a player. I am a little worried about him being one of those guys drafted a little too high and thrown to the wolves. Plus. Those Kentucky uniforms are nice. Those Kentucky uniforms are pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love the that Kentucky. Best uniforms in the SEC. Disagree. But that's beside the point because Kelvin Joseph, uh, Kelvin Joseph, Joseph, that was impressive. Uh, Mr. Joseph, Joseph, I think he does a. One of the things I liked a lot was that he finds the ball really well, especially when it's 50-50 vertical ball. He gets up, locates, tracks that thing, and is able to go up and make a play. Whether it's in space at the top. Or whether it's once the ball is coming down to the receiver's hands and he goes and attacks. Uh, he does, all, all, some of his clips are him trying to make up, getting back to a route after he's gotten beat. So he does have some issues there with footwork and technique, which is why you put the developmental thing and why you talked about it. Because it's true, he has technique, footwork, hip things that he has to work on to be a better cover guy. Because and at the college level, you may get beat and be able to make it up at the NFL level. Not as often where you're able to do that. Nope. Um, but like I said, if you're drafting this guy, and this is why I think he this is why I think he will go probably somewhere in the fourth round, maybe fifth even. He could slide. I don't know if he will slide that far, but definitely into the fourth round, is because teams are gonna look at all the talent stuff and go, wow, he's a great value in four, but there's no reason to go up any earlier to get him because there are some of the guys later that I think that we're gonna talk about that are sliding for some reason beyond belief. Right. 
that probably shouldn't that you would rather reach up for and grab in the third. I think there are guys after him that I would rather have than him. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, this is there's always some guys in the draft that climb. I think he's going to be a climber. I think so. I think that people are going to see the potential and and, and really fall in love with this guy. But we'll so see. Do you have the same worry I do a little bit that he's going to be drafted. Well, I think it's just higher the, than his. Potential. I think he'll be. I, no, I don't think he'll be drafted higher than his potential. Or not his potential. I think he'll be drafted higher than his current ability. That's what I'm. But I, I think he has huge potential. Agreed. Next, guys, gentlemen from Oregon, Mr. Graham, Thomas Graham Sr., 5'11", 196 pounds. This guy started three years at Oregon, doesn't get as much love as maybe he should. How are we feeling on the man? Yeah, he had no chance to move up because he opted out. Yep. I think this guy is a dog. He gets in there and he mixes it up. Like he's a, it. Yeah, he's, he's another guy that just is very well-rounded. He plays well. I liked watching him on film the way he kind of just was always in the right spots. Made sure he was making the reads. You can tell he's a guy that can decipher what the offense is doing. He under, understands route combinations and route schemes, what the offensive coordinator is trying to do to defeat him, and he makes plays. I think he's a guy that can translate into the nickel. So he's a guy that gives you flexibility to play on the outside. He's not, you know, he's not huge. He's not big, but five eleven is, you know, big enough to play on the outside in the NFL. Um, I think, but he might translate more inside and maybe eventually to free safety because I like his physicality. I like the way he reads. I think he could be a good player for the 49ers if they wanted to take a chance on him in the fourth or fifth round. Um, yeah, he comes out of Oregon, a school known for dominant defense. Love the jerseys. And he's, uh, oh, those are hideous. And that bright yellow, that's Who doesn't terrible. like highlighter yellow? Highlighter terrible. Yellow. What's wrong with you? Terrible. What's wrong with you? And um, the thing about Thomas Graham to me is that, like you said, he's a dog. He's tough. He's smart. He's um, all those things that you want. And he seems like one of those guys that's real coachable. I don't know how he, for an NFL player, he might be a little bit limited physically, talent-wise. That would be my only issue with him. But he's the kind of guy you want on your team. I think he's the kind of guy that, even if he's not a top-level starter, will play in the NFL for 10 years. Because he's just that type of guy. He's got that type of fight in him. Right. You said you like Jamar Marshall, right? Or not Jamar Marshall. What's his name? Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall. No, the guy from... Uh, oh, Jamar Taylor. Jamar Taylor. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Jamar Marshall. It's a track star at Arizona State. Sorry. It's true. Or Arizona. He's got a basketball game tomorrow. He's, he does. He's super fast. He's from our area. My 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 apologies. But you say you like him, right? Mm -hmm. Taylor. This guy is Taylor on steroids. So this yes. is what you said? Okay. I think this guy is better than Taylor. Fair That's enough. the only reason I'm getting bringing up that analogy. Because I said how much I like. Right. So I just wanted to bring up that I think this guy is a little bit better. Well, a lot better. A lot better. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. He can play both inside and outside. He fits really, really well in the nickel scheme. He can move him around and do a lot of different things with him. Led the FBS in pass deflections as well with 40 um, through his three-year career, three years, three years of starting at cornerback yeah. for the Oregon Ducks. I mean, he... Dog, you said dog, that was the right word. He yeah. gets after it. Um, a lot of, some places are actually kind of knocking his tackling, which I thought was weird because when That's I watched I film, yeah, when I watched film, the thing I thought was this guy has no concerns or issues with tackling. He might be one of the better tackling DBs and willing tackling DBs in the draft. Uh, I love a lot of the things he does. It's funny. It's funny that this is happening with some of the cornerback positions with guys who have opted out who are kind of falling down because I don't think this guy should go anywhere near where he's going to go. Right. I think he should go higher. But that isn't the case for the, at the receiver position. Guys who opted out this year are still top of the class. To, I mean, Jamar Chase is the name that pops to mind. He's still top of the class in terms of the receiver position. 
I feel this guy should be up there as well. Mm. I think part of it is that the corner, the DBs, the corners are deep this year. Yeah. The receivers aren't as deep as they were last year. True. I think this DB class is a lot like the receiver class was last year. It's very deep. You can get a lot of talent later on in the draft, and that's what we're going to see, especially in the middle rounds. You know, everyone's like, 49ers need to pick a corner. Don't worry if they don't get someone in the first two rounds. There are plenty of guys from three to six that could be big-time players in the NFL. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Next up, one of the members of the Bang Bang Hood gang, Mr. Trill Williams, one of, one of like six guys in this draft, including the guy we just talked about who love wearing hoodies yep. while they're out there covering those DBs and smothering them on the field. And you're a big fan of Trill. You took him in the mock yes. draft. Yeah. I absolutely love Trill Williams. Uh, there's a lot of questions on whether he can play the nickel you know, ultimate in the NFL. opportunist is great. He's the <laughs> ultimate opportunist. That's what I put. If you guys are looking at the slide, yes, I made that. Those are all the things that I believe. I think he's, you know, number one, he is a large nickel. You know, and a lot of places are saying that he needs to, you know, play on the outside in the NFL. I don't think so. His short area quickness is fantastic. The way he breaks on the ball, fantastic. The way he finds the ball, fantastic. I call him the ultimate opportunist because he likes to make plays strip sack or strip fumble returning for a touchdown interceptions he can blitz this guy can do it all in the late rounds i would absolutely 100 make this move put him in the nickel and know that we're established that way we're set for years to come i like him i think in, in my opinion this is my favorite nickel corner in the entire draft and that's saying a lot because i really like molden and i like asante samuel but this is my favorite guy i was about to say Trill Williams is one of, of the non, you know, first, second round guys, is one of my two favorites. Um, he's fun to watch. He always seems to end up with the ball in his hands for a defensive guy. He's quick for how big he is, for how long he is. He's quick in short areas. He's, um, I think he can play outside and inside, but I agree. He is, although he's not the normal size for a nickel corner, I think he can be a good nickel corner. And, but, but like I said, my favorite thing about him is that he always seemed to come up with the ball in important situations, whether interception, fumble recovery, fumble strip, fumble. He just, if you watch his video, he's always making a play. I think it's also a credit to that Syracuse, whether it's the DB coach or their D coordinator at Syracuse, whoever it is, it might just be their DB coach. That's probably a coach a name to watch because both corners they have there did an incredible job this year. And I know their defense struggles a little bit. Um, some of that may be on your offense too, not being able to perform and produce, pass right. rush. It could be any number of things. But that cornerback room at Syracuse this past season was incredible. Trill Williams included in that. Um, the play recognition for me is what stood out because I think that's part of the reason why he was in position as often as he was yeah. to go after the ball, make plays, understanding weaknesses on film with guys in terms of when they, this guy gets the ball in space and he's about to get gang tackled or he's running into two or three guys, he's going to be a little careless with the ball. I can go in there and make a play. Um, and the, the just the ability to do that on the fly, in-game, live, you know, when you watch guys in the NFL in college punching out footballs when guys are running, it doesn't happen that often. I mean, it happens, and, and it happens a lot more than it used to happen, but not every cornerback in the league has that skill set. Right. Not every player in the NFL has Kwan, that skill set. Or, or college. K1, yeah. So, for the most part, when you see a guy who can make plays like that and do that, that adds value for that player at that position because that's a guy who can create turnovers and create havoc even if you're not getting the ball back 
when you throw to that side of the field, everyone has to be on high alert because at any point in time, if you slip up, relax for just a second, he's going to capitalize. Yeah, I mean, that's why he's one of my favorite guys. And I think that this guy would be an awesome fit for San Francisco. Don't disagree with you there. Don't disagree with you there. Next, the guy from Michigan, Ombre Thomas. Mm -hmm. Six foot, 183 pound senior. Extremely athletic. Yeah. Like him a lot. I think I think one of the underrated things with this guy is his leaping ability, his athleticism. He gets up and goes after the ball in space, especially at the high point. Um, he's one of those guys who, at six foot, 5'11", 6 foot. I mean, it's not the tallest DB in the world, but you look at him and you think, oh, we could take a shot here with the big receiver, and then you throw that 50-50 ball up there, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, never mind, we're not doing that again. Um, I think that's the biggest strength he has. I think he's got a lot of other areas of concern, and opting out in 2020 obviously didn't help him. He's going to slide down some boards. I think, you should t I think people should look at him as a developmental guy, but the nice thing about him is, He's a developmental guy who you don't have to worry about necessarily as much the over-the-top stuff because even when he looks like he may be out of position, his athleticism makes up for it because he can get some ha his hand on some footballs that he has no business getting his hands on. Yeah, he's a talented dude. You know, I, I think that he plays a lot bigger than his size, and I'm sure we're going to see a weight a lot bigger than 183 pounds. Oh, nice. You know, when he when he comes in and he and they weigh him and all that his pro day, I think that he's going to be a solid NFL player. I don't see the elite traits that I see with some of the other guys, but he's a guy that I definitely think, you know, wouldn't be a bad option on teams. He could be the second corner. I think that is a, a possibility for him. I see him going in the late fourth, early fifth. I know during our mock draft uh, 1.0, a lot of people wanted us to take him. Um, we, you know, we chose not to. Maybe we'll take him in the 2.0 that's coming up. You know, this this Friday with all the trades and everything, we will see. We're gonna maneuver our way around the draft and pick guys. Could we pick this guy? Maybe. Could Would he we, make could sense? Could we also make 20 picks in this draft? Possibly. Possibly. Could could he make sense for the 49ers? I think he could in the right spot. But I don't think in my opinion, unless this guy slides to like late four, early five, I wouldn't touch him. But I, I overall I don't hate the player. Uh I'm gonna be totally honest, I don't know much about him. Not a guy that I know a whole lot about. I know the name, I mean, from him being a Michigan guy, but I'm a big Harbaugh fan, and Michigan sucked, so I didn't like to watch them because people harped on Harbaugh about it. Certain certain people. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Up next, a guy from LSU that people should be familiar with, Kerry Vincent Jr. Ant, how do you feel about this guy? You know, I'm, I'm not the hugest fan of him, but I do think that he has, you know, like I put on the slide, quickness and then fluidity. You know, he just looks like he's gliding around. I think the weaknesses for him is that he plays off a little bit and lets people catch the ball underneath and then try, just tries to close and make a play. A lot of times he gives up receptions that he could have probably made a play on. I think those are the things that I question the most. Um, but I think that he could play the nickel in the NFL. I think that he has some, you know, man coverage skills. He he could do some he could do something in the NFL, but I don't think that the talent that they were acting like he had last year that he actually has. I think this is a good player, not a great player, and that's why he's going to go in the late fourth, early fifth. I'm not a big fan. He's um, to me, he's one of those guys that in college makes up for bad reads and bad effort with great athleticism. I don't think he has, as we've talked about with other guys, the dog in him needed to make the NFL at his ability level. 
Yeah, I, I think he benefited too from a, just a great LSU team in 2019, and that kind of elevated him in terms of it. I know he had a lot of pass defense that year, but when you when you're a team going to maybe your second or third read and you're rushing throws because the pass rush is coming and you just can't get anything going and the quarterback starts forcing some throws that can elevate and increase some of your stats. Uh, I think he is fluid. I, I like the fluidity aspect. I don't think he has many issues. He doesn't really get caught up much, but a lot of that is due to the fact that he lays off in coverage a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing we all know 49ers fans hate, it's Richard Sherman-esque dropping back and sitting and letting things come up underneath when you can break on him, which he did a lot of this year and it drove fans crazy because it looked like Sherman was just quitting. Mm -hmm. He's given up on you know, playing certain things and just trying not to get beat over the top. So I think there are some concerns there with some of the route running, well, not route running, but the recognition and coverage and ball breaking skills, getting downfield and breaking on routes underneath. Um, I don't have as many concerns with this next gentleman, though. No. Mr. Israel... Sub, 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 I don't know. What is it? Mukamu. Mukamu. Israel Mukamu. I actually, you know, I've, I like this guy a lot. You do. I, I, I think that he is probably one of the best players that could go in the fifth round. I think he's a phenomenal talent. Played on the opposite side of J.C. Horn. They had two big physical corners. This guy has great length. I'm curious to see how much weight he ends up putting on. At six foot four, 205, he's got enough room to put 15 pounds on, especially in the next few years. I think that he can play on the outside. He's not somebody that can play on the inside, but he could play a free safety role eventually. Sure. So he's a guy that right away fits in the 49ers system, and then eventually they can mold him into something else. So that's why I like him. To me, he has great ball skills, great hands. He can make plays. I, I like the length. This is the guy that you want to put weight on and then put him against DK Metcalf. Sure. You want that size and stuff. The only worry is occasionally he gets beat. He doesn't have that elite speed to be able to catch up. But as long as he fixes his technique and maybe playing in the cover three, he could play a system that would really fit for him. I think that this guy is actually a second or third round talent that's going to go in the fifth round, and I'd love for the 49ers to pick him. Uh, there's two things I'll point out about this guy. One, he already pointed out that, man, he screams safety if you put a little more weight on him. Um, two would be if you're playing opposite J.C. Horn and there's not a whole highlight reel of you giving up touchdowns, you played some pretty good football because those team those teams were not going after JC Horn. So to play as well as he did, being targeted as, as much as I'm sure he was, um, he's definitely got some ability to him. I don't know about his short area quickness. I agree with you that he probably cannot play in excuse me inside. But um, on, as far as the outside, I think he's got a tremendous amount of upside out there. I think he's a guy that's getting slept on a little bit. Some stats for you, since Horst just said that there people probably target him a lot. In 2019, he only allowed 19 catches on 286 possible snaps. And the kicker, 13 of those catches were for less than 10 yards. Yep. Absolutely incredible. And that was a 2019. That wasn't 2020. That was 2019. He's another guy that part of the reason he's getting slept on is he only played four or five games this year before he opted out just to prepare for the Did draft. he opt out when Horn opted out? I think it yeah, was about the same They did when, when Muschamp got fired. fired. Yeah. yeah. Muschamp got fired. They were both like, deuces, we're out of here. We're not yeah. doing this. This is nonsense. Um, man, this guy is huge. He's every bit of a cover three kind of mold. He does have some things he needs to clean up, but he's extremely physical. 
He is really, really physical. And with his size and his frame already at 6'4", 205, if he adds a little bit of muscle on top of it, he was already dominant and physical at the line of scrimmage. He won a lot of his press coverage stuff. He gets guys off of their routes. And quarterbacks a lot of times drop back looking, oh, time to go somewhere else. Uh, that could play very, very well for the 49ers because if you got a guy like him who's able to be physical and press and, and not get beat over the top, so he's able to do both, get back in the cover three, be physical when he needs to be physical, that's going to make Jason Brett's job a whole heck of a lot easier on the other side of the football if you decide to stick with the Jason Brett. Um, he reminds me a lot of the young Brandon Brown. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I think I think if you put on some more size, you're right. He, he's that kind. I think he might be a little bit faster than Brandon Browner, but that's a good comparison. But Brandon Browner, before he went crazy and ended up in prison. Yeah, very, very true. Next guy is the Stanford corner, guys. Woo! We're getting some vibes yeah. with the next gentleman, Mr. Paulson Adebo. Yeah, this guy is, I think he's getting hurt by the fact that he opted out in 2020. If this guy hadn't opted out and showed a little bit of improvement on some of the things he needed to work on, this guy could early, early, easily be a early second round pick. Yeah, he could even. Trying to get easily and early out at the same yeah, time. Um, he Remember I said there were two guys here that I really liked? Yeah. This is the second one. Yeah. Um, he's, I know the Richard Sherman comparisons are easy because of the Stanford and the size, but he really does have similar traits coming out. Um, the one thing I really remember is he ate Michael Pittman. He did. He, Michael Pittman could not do anything against him. And it was really irritating to watch, but that's why I remember him so well. It's that he really gave USC a hard time in 2019. Yeah, good instincts, you know, like intelligence. I think that's the key, right, is the intelligence that you just can't teach. You get what we were talking about earlier with the Northwestern guy. Now we got the Stanford guy. And they just have natural, also natural ball skills. This guy catches the ball mm -hmm. like a receiver because he was a receiver, just like Richard Sherman. Another Sherman. Yeah, I don't think he is Sherman because no. I think he, he's no. this guy's more athletic than Sherman. Yes. You know, this guy plays different than Sherman because yes. I think he's actually quicker and has a little bit different, you know, skills. That's why I'm surprised to see him possibly going in the same round as Richard Sherman because I think he's a better talent overall coming out of college doesn't mean he's going to equate into a better player but he's definitely a better talent coming out and i think he could be a big time player he's one of the he's one of these guys that i think right now he's a much better zone corner than he is a man corner because he is That's susceptible fair. to getting beat against double moves he doesn't have the cleanest hip fluidity and, and footwork uh, against routes and man coverage although he's extremely physical and if you play him in press man where someone's not able to get into double move action as often, he's a little bit better in space, but he has one of the best ball tracking, ball skills of, of any corner in this draft. He is a machine. When you watch his highlight and watch his, go watch his highlight tape after this. It looks like the quarterbacks are throwing the ball to him. Yeah. That he's in the perfect spot. The ball goes up. He goes and gets him. It's like, did, does the quarterback know who he's supposed to be? Because it, it looks like a perfect ball right it means he's running the route for the receiver, so he knew exactly what was coming. The Back smart up. kid went to Stanford. That's, weird. That's crazy, right? Who, yeah. who would have thought that? Up next is a guy who I have programmed. Not a here. smart kid. I mean, he, he, <laughs> the opposite of smart. Matter of fact, it's so bad that for his insert graphic here, instead of his initials, which I do for every one of these beautiful slides done by Mr. Robertson down there, instead of his name and his initials, I put Boo. Mm. Boo! This man cost us a big game for the Florida Gators, and I have a lot of concerns 
about Mr. Marco Wilson, but I'll save my concerns and let you guys go first. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. 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 <laughs> I, I think I think that, you know, unfortunately that moment is the only reason we knew who he was at first. Well not you, because you're knew. a Florida, Florida I, fan. I knew. I honestly thought this guy looked good on film. You know, I mean he's <laughs> I don't think he's like some, you know, out of this world talent. But I think in the late fifth, early sixth round, he would make sense. I think, unfortunately, he's going to have to live with that situation forever. But if he could get into the NFL and then become a solid player, he could change the narrative on who he is. And I think he'll be motivated to do so because I don't think he wants to be remembered for that. But I do think that he's smooth. And I like that he's smooth in his back pedal. He's got good fluidity in his hips. He just looks clean when he's doing things. And it, he reminds me, of, he's a poor man, Sean Wade. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I get from him. I don't see elite characteristics with him. That's why I think that he's like a steady, I see solid elite, player. I, I see some elite character concerns. Character concerns. <laughs> but characteristics, no. I, I think that he can be a solid player and a great value pick in that late fifth, early sixth round as somebody that you can you can put him in your system, develop him, possibly a year or two down the road. He could become a either a nickel or an outside corner that you can count on. Um, I actually pretty much agree with Ant. I... I didn't really know who he was except for the shoe throwing incident. <laughs> I rem if you remember right when you said his name, I was like, "Isn't that the idiot that threw the shoe?" I said yes. And it was him. Was and depressing. to be fair, because I was against LSU, right? It was. If I had to listen to Farmer Fran over there talk the whole game, I'd probably throw someone's shoe too. He's cute. When I turned the film on, I, I was pleasantly surprised with Marco Wilson. He's real athletic. He moves well. He, he turns his hips well. His footwork is good. Um, I think he's definitely a draftable player. Um, he's going to go one of two ways with the whole shoe-throwing incident. He's going to let that define him, or he's going to fire up and make sure everyone forgets about that, and he can look back and laugh at it one day. But I guarantee you right now he's not laughing about it, and if he's a big-time player, that is motivating him right now. I hope to God it's motivating him because it's uh... – Motivates me every day not to like him just a little bit more. Uh, Marco Wilson, I think the big thing for me that's a problem is his tackling. And I know you guys didn't have the same concerns that I did, but I watched a lot more of Marco Wilson, and I, at times he doesn't feel like a willing tackler. Mm -hmm. He goes in there sometimes soft. He can Guys can sneak out of tackles that they shouldn't sneak out of because he doesn't go in there with the ferocity. Now, some of that... Oh, I think Buddy agreed with me there. I think some of that may be because he is coming off of an ACL injury in 2018, um, in the middle of his freshman year, in which he was putting together a great freshman campaign. 2019, he looked a little iffy. 2020, with COVID and everything else going on, it's really hard to judge fully if he's back and if his head was all there. And after the shoe throwing incident, I don't believe it was personally. I think maybe he was a little just just too caught up in the moment and that shows some immaturity for a guy who's a junior and should be coming into the maturity aspect hopefully um but for the most part he does do a lot of good things well he doesn't have as many technique concerns and some places have him going as high as the third round i don't think that at all i think some of that though is because his brother quincy who is a non-shoe throwing florida gator cornerback went in the second round about two three years ago to the colts he plays for the jets now so there's that NFL pedigree. It's in the, the the NFL athleticism bloodline is there, and so people are a little bit higher on him than maybe he's shown. I think he could develop into something. I think he's there is value with him, late, just not early. I think he needs to get to the NFL and make something big out of himself, because he has a natural 
thing to be able to work with PF flyers because he makes shoes fly. I think it would be fantastic. Hey, uh, Marco, call me. Hey, how many wins did LSU have this year? Not very many. Yeah. Not, not very many. They beat Florida, though. Hey, didn't you guys, uh, didn't you guys lose a game that you shouldn't have lost? Didn't you guys lose to a pretty Sick bad comeback, bro? Pretty bad at I'm pretty team? sure we lost all over again. I'm almost forced. I mean, I don't, I don't want to. I guess you guys are Our best game was when we acted like we had COVID to avoid Clemson. I liked it. Eat it, Clemson. <laughs> You're not going to run us off the field. Can't embarrass us if we're not even there. All right. Next up is Diamador Lenore from Oregon, who happens to be somebody that I actually like. I've kind of grown accustomed to watching his uh, video a little bit more than I probably should, only because I think in the late rounds he would make sense for the 49ers. Horst, what do you think about the Oregon Duck? And with some nice uniforms. By the that way. uniform is nice. No, the highlighter yellow is better. I, I I think the green with the highlighter yellow six looks better. The, the, yellow, the, the silver, the white and silver numbers are nice too. Those are clean. This one looks smexy. The highlighter yellow numbers look good. Mm. As the entire jersey, no. Oregon is a program, no. I mean, I, garbage. I feel like you're biased there. That but... O stands for how many national championships they've won. Mm. Now I wish you would get to the topic at hand. Okay, Diamador Lenore. Is dependable. He has quick. Tw no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just reads this. Read this slide. And that's Lenore, it. Lenore is your typical late round prospect in that he's a senior. He's um, started a lot of big games at Oregon, but he's not the high prospect level physical ability or size. He's the kind of guy that's going to have to scrap to make the team, but I think he can. He plays with good technique. He's smart. He understands the offenses he's going against. Um, I say he. His best chance is probably as a back end of the roster and special teams contributor, though. Yeah, don't don't expect if you're drafting this guy, you cannot expect a lot out of him in terms of getting on the field and producing. Really? Yeah. This guy is built for the NFL to play in the nickel. I okay. like him a lot. Don't I like think, him as much. I think he's going to be a solid player in the NFL. Somebody's going to get themselves a good player because of the things that are on the slide. He's dependable. He plays every single game, Can which is important. He has quick twitch, and you know what? And I thought I thought I'm not gonna lie. I thought when he's when when I saw quick twitch, I thought maybe he was like a quick twitch streamer, like you'd hop on for like 30 minutes yeah. and hop off. So you yeah. meant muscle hey. fibers, I get you. Yeah, I'm picking up your sarcasm. I'm glad. Yeah, this is a good player. So I think that he will be a solid, you know, six round pick for somebody. Somebody's gonna get a good player that they can plug in, and he could be a developmental piece that could translate to a great nickel corner in the NFL. I like characteristics and traits that he has. He doesn't equate to some of the guys we've talked about before, especially in the slot, but that's why he would go in the sixth round and be a lot of value. Can I give him a nice compliment? Yeah. I like him more than Marco Wilson. Nice and with shoes. It's true. So, I mean, there's that. But he also won't have the same opportunities to promote, you know, the PF Flyers. I didn't think about that before. See? did not think about it before. The last guy that we want to, like, in-depth talk about, Mr. Keith Taylor out of Washington, opposite oh. of Mr. Keith Trailer is a really good nose guard. That's wrong, wrong, wrong name. Keith Trailer was name. not a nose guard. Yeah. Well. What about Robert Tractor Trailer? All right, I'm I'm very confused by well, your. I'm confused, and I think he's confusing Taylor for Trailer. But you know, oh, we gotta get the glasses. It's fine. It, yeah, it's good. Uh, Ant, how do you feel about this prospect? The guy who played opposite of Mister. He's Mound. big. You know, I actually like this guy. I I, I think that. The more I've watched him and the more I've, I've really um, gotten into the film, though, 
is I don't know if he's going to play very much corner in the NFL. I think that he does translate to a cover three corner, but I think that he's going to move to safety. I think this guy will eventually move there. The lack of speed that he has will will make him a nice candidate to play kind of a strong line. I mean, I'm sorry. A, yeah, a strong uh, safety position where he can, you know, develop and get into the box and play. But he also will be able to cover tight ends, which is nice. Why not have a six foot three, 200 plus pound guy that can cover tight ends if needed? Because that is always a problem, especially the better these tight ends are getting. You know, Travis Kelsey and these guys with size. Getting a guy with corner skills that has the size would be a nice fit. I wouldn't hate the 49ers. In fact, I would really like the 49ers to pick this guy because you've seen what they've did with Amelifanu, that they've gotten him. He's another big safety. So maybe that's what they're going to do is translate and find a big safety. This would be a guy that could come in and compete with them. They already got Jared Maiden as the, the backup at the free safety spot. This guy could come in and battle uh, Melifanu and just see what would happen at the safety, safety spot. Totally agree. He is not a corner at the NFL level to me. But um, the only thing he could possibly play is the cover three like you wrote up there. Um, but I see him as an in-the-box safety. I've, I think that's if he makes the NFL, that's where I see him. He looks like he has enough physicality. And you brought up a point that I actually wasn't really thinking of is that, man, if you match him one-on-one with the tight end, he's going to give tight ends problems. No, he definitely will. I think the biggest concern I have with Mr. Taylor is the fact that he isn't as physical as his size dictates. The uh, At the 6'3", almost 200 pounds, you expect a, a guy like that to be a little more physical in coverage. I think the, the, he's closer to finesse than he is to physical, though he can do both things. He plays fairly well in man and in zone. I don't think he'd have as much trouble in a man coverage scheme, but I, he definitely wouldn't be day one ready to be a, a, elite or solid in man coverage. He's going to have some issues. Um, I do like the notion of him kind of playing in an in-the-box in hybrid role because I think that, that as the NFL shifts more and more to being a passing league and getting away from running backs, not even not necessarily running the ball, but getting away from running backs being the focal point of an offense, and the more that tight ends develop and become better in space, I, I think that he's a perfect candidate for a guy you need to start looking at prototypically size-wise, speed-wise, skill-wise, skill set-wise, what he can do to cover tight ends like, I mean, for example, this year, Kyle Pitts. Brevin Jordan, guys who are a little bit more on the athletic side of the spectrum and don't necessarily fit the prototypical tight end mold. Yeah, and you know, you bring up the tackling, and that, that's one of the big questions. I watched, you know, some film breakdown, and one of the big questions was, you know, can he make tackles? And when people don't make tackles, I'm less worried as if if they're not willing to make tackles. He's a willing tackler. He goes in there just not with good technique. So, also changing roles because you're talking about physicality, changing roles to a safety could also help him with that because now he has less coverage responsibilities and more time to come up and actually make tackles. So I think he can make sense, especially in the seventh round or an undrafted free agent. This guy would fit nice for the 49ers because he has, you know, some schemes uh, fits for the 49ers. Absolutely. So as you can see, there's lots of players in the draft from rounds one all the way through round seven that would make sense for the 49ers that fit their scheme and fit what they're trying to do. As we see with these guys, there's some guys that fit the cover three scheme, some with the press man, and then some playing the nickel. The 49ers have to decide which ones they want to target. I think a lot of it is going to come down to what they do in free agency, but I think a lot of these guys I really like, and I think they would make sense, especially in the mid the mid rounds of the draft. I think that's where the most value is, anywhere from late two 
through kind of the fifth round is where I think that there's a hotbed for uh, good corner talent. Yeah, this year's corners class reminds me a lot of last year's receivers class and that there's a lot of good players. Um, now, the receiver class this year is the opposite, but yeah, but it kind of comes and goes. But I think this is the class that of any position will probably produce the most good pro players. Yeah, I think that's uh, – oh, buddy agrees. I, I think at, for the most part, the cornerback position this year, if there was ever a year to have some holes at the cornerback position and some concerns or maybe depth, which the Niners seem to have all of those at the – no depth on the roster currently. Some holes on the opposite yeah. side, even if you re-sign Verrett. I think this was the year that if you were going to go into a draft with, with cornerback concerns, this is a perfect year for it because you can address and hit a lot of those questions and concerns and holes early, late, middle. Doesn't matter where you want to take a guy. You can find a guy with a lot of value and who could surprise a lot of people. And we all know how good the 49ers front office is at finding mid to late round talent and turning those guys into stars i would not be shocked to see the 49ers take multiple players at the cornerback position like we talked about number one for depth reasons guys you could develop guys that will play special teams mm -hmm. gunner and that sort of thing also guys that will translate to safety in the future so i think that the 49ers will probably take two at least maybe more depending on what they do to maneuver through the draft question is how many are we going to take in the mock draft that we do on friday maybe 16 uh, i don't know baby blue maybe like thousand thousand <laughs> thousand but the only way you can be here for that mock draft on time live with us is to hit that subscribe button right this moment smash that subscribe button hit that notification bell while you're at it like the video as well don't forget to share it as well you want other people to be involved in this content i see you over there always oh, you looking cute Make sure you leave a comment down below which of these guys that we listed do you like? And most importantly, is there anyone that we missed that you think we should be considering going into our mock draft Friday? Because the only way we're going to be considering those people and taking a little bit harder look at them is if you let us know in the comment section down below. Yeah, I think with this cornerback class, it's kind of like 31 flavors. Everyone kind of has the guy that they like a little bit different. Sure. I'm curious what 49er fans think because who really fits the scheme? who really fits what the 49ers do with the cover three and then also being able to play some man coverage. I'm sure it's going to increase a little bit more. Jason Verrett coming back will be a signal of that because that's what he's really good at doing. So I think that we're going to find out real quick what these guys do, and I'm curious what fans think about who actually fits the 49ers system the best. Guys, join us specifically at 6.30 on Friday. That's why you've been smiling. You've been waiting to drop that beauty of a gym mm -hmm. wow very specific about that congratulations all right i think that's it boys yeah you guys you know what time it is i need to get out of here before this guy annoys me with this stupid smile <laughs> all right guys let's chalk another one up it is you know what it is that smile is stupid stupid stupid, stupid. you think you're strong and pretty Itty no face. no you're you're pretty and you're pretty stupid Who's that? She's trailers. Don't care.